up, everyone? Welcome to the 331st episode of the Pokemon Podcast. It's super effective. I'm your host, SBJ. Pokemon Go uh, trainer Will here. I have been spending quite a bit of time today playing Pokemon Go, and it has only made my Chris dilemma that much worse. Recycled jokes. Yes. (laughs) Referring back to the past. They're called callbacks. Callback to the Chris problem, the problem of too many Chris's. It's it's just getting worse and worse as time goes on. Continuity. Is it possible to merge human beings into one single human being? Because that would make my life so much more convenient. Like how you uh, two Metangs uh, merge together to make a Metagross? Yes, just like in Pokemon Go Community Day. I won Pokemon Go Community Day. There was a winning? Yes, when you're in a group of four people and the next person who got the most uh, shiny Beldums was they got four of them and I got eight of them. Yes, I won. All right, Greg. Yo, what's up? Also win Community Day. I mean, I got seven, so no. Oh, I beat you. I was just really mad I didn't get ten. What? But what are you going to do Why with them? Why do you need ten? Yeah. What's... Give them out to all my friends who had to you... work during community day? You don't... I bet you haven't traded a single Pokemon since you traded me. You are so wrong. <laughs> I've traded with Hannah and James and Chris today. I give out those unknowns, like, left and right for people who need them. I need them. Hey, I've look, never you, found an unknown. You could get one from me. Settle down there, shiny R- R- Roselia boy. <laughs> oh, we're, we're going to go there, lucky Mewtwo boy? <laughs> we're going to do this? We're going to throw down now? We're going to take this to the streets? So that's what's happening? Because we'll do it. We'll take it. Uh, we got a episode for you guys today. Um, I don't know if you want to... Before we get into news, uh, was anything eventful for Community Day? I, real quick, went to two places instead of one. I went to Mayfair. It was fine. It was the mall. exactly what you expect. It's nice. Not cold. Bathrooms, food, uh, people that haggle you while you walk by them. But I couldn't get eggs fast enough. So we went to a park, park that I've been didn't really like the first couple times I've played, but it was Wait, fine. Wait, what did you need eggs for on community day? Uh, eggs were Who like... Who haggles you at the mall? The people are in the center booths, you know, when the, the shoe shine oh. people or like the uh, I'm going to sell you uh, insurance people or I have this photography package. I want to rope you into those people. I mean, it was feeling very 80s foreign bizarre movie set for a second there. But I, yeah, I know those people. All right. <laughs> Continue. When you put Pokemon in eggs during the community day, it hatched like t- two times faster, three times faster. I, d- I don't remember. I think it was three times faster or something like that. I may have one community day. Did you hatch? I hatched a shiny why not? <laughs> Dang, Micah also just hatched a shiny why not, and somebody in my Discord also hatched a shiny why not all apparently this week. Shiny why not week. I won the shiny yeah, why not race. A, yeah, I didn't not get a shiny why not. And I was upset because even though I had the most shiny buildums, uh, James had just like while we were walking around the FDR Memorial, he got a, a shiny Growlithe. And I was like, 
I don't care if I have a thousand shiny Veldums. Now I want a shiny Growlithe. I mean, that's how. And, that's why I don't care about how many I get anymore. Because people will go all out and they'll try to get as many as possible, and then all of a sudden, community day is over, and like three months later, they're gonna click on a shiny that they got forty of, and they're gonna be like, "Ugh, why did I get this one? I got, <laughs> I wanted the shiny Grimer, but I got a shiny Eevee and I already have fifty shiny Eevees. It's like I wanted a shiny Swablu, <laughs> honestly, and I kept blowing on my phone because if you blow on your phone before you like touch the pokemon then it's a higher likelihood that you're going to it's going to be shiny that's true yeah that's mm-hmm. very true yes yes that's mm-hmm. but i think the problem was that it was very windy here today yeah like, it was very really windy, windy and cold it couldn't tell my my sweet hot breath from the cold dark winds <laughs> so somebody i was with got a shiny uh sunkern so that happened oh well, that's jealous very cool. of that as well I went to I went to a park which I'm not a lots of Pokestops. Uh, I mean it's a park, so it's you know there's there's nests there. There just happened to be a Puchiana nest there, which was would have been great if I got a shiny Puchiana. But uh, the only thing I don't like about the park is it's like little lake thing that you can walk around. But if you commit the walk around, there's like this arc uh, or arch or just like this huge turn to get around the lake that nothing really spawns at. And once you kind of walk out there, you've committed to make that arch so you don't backtrack. But that's like, I don't know, five, six minutes of like nothing spawning, um, which is a bit of a annoying thing. Anyways, community day was fine. Nothing eventful. Three hours, I think, is more than enough time. I think one day is still good. And it's getting cold in Wisconsin. My ears are still cold, and it's been four hours since community day has ended, and I'm a little chilled. If you would still. just wear a hat. I had a hood on, and I had, had a, a hat. Look, I don't know where my two dollar hat that I got from Primark is. Do you need me to knit you a hat? Yeah. No, the problem with hats is like it makes my forehead itch always. It's it's not and it's not the quality. Fine it's, yarns. It's not the quality. I've had multiple hats: baseball hats, trucker hats, knit hats, uh, beanies, other beanies, cotton, wool. And it just no. makes my head itch. That's why I, I, I like the knit looseness. You a hat from the most delicate of cashmere's. I like you will the, barely oh God, know that you're wearing hat? anything. Yes. <laughs> That's why I like the looseness of a hood. It will be like your head is being held in the hands of an angel. Maybe I are earmuffs still a thing? Should I get into yes. earmuffs? Is that you still can popular? Do earmuffs you as can well. do earmuffs. Yeah, yeah. And actually, I was reminded of Primark today because when Chris showed up at my house, he was poorly underdressed for how freezing cold and windy it was in Washington D.C. today, and I was like. Hmm. Steve convinced me to buy this hoodie from Primark, and I washed it once, and it was too small for me. Which means it's perfect size for you, Chris. Why don't you take it? That's the problem. When you wash stuff, you can't dry it. I bet you threw that bad boy in the dryer. Of course. What is the dryer for? You well, you gotta hang dry things that you're scared of that are gonna shrink. No. Why would something I buy from Primark shrink? It's the IKEA of clothing stores. That's why. Exactly. Greg, how was Minnesota's community day? It was nice. It, it, it was, and I, I went to Victory Memorial Park again, like I always do. Um, the Beldum spawns were really weird. There were like 
at six minutes between it would be like we get a huge batch and then nothing and then a huge batch and then nothing oh weird. Yeah, i noticed it was the same. very yeah. weird this year they were very sparse and a lot of people in just the general area were commenting on it like okay i thought this was beldum community day not sunkern community day so that was sort of weird um it was nice i mean it was windy but sunny so it was a pleasant time to be out in the park it's probably the last time i'll be able to go to victory memorial mall of america here you come oh god it's like a dagger in my heart maybe i'll just sit in my car next one go have you been practicing flossing trying i don't have a child that can point me in the right direction to floss so i just sort of have to go off youtube YouTube videos videos for it yeah. Get feedback that way, so I'm working can't on it. Can't go to the Mall of America if you can't floss. I mean, last time I was at the Mall of America, I tried to floss, and then Steve got all mad and said, stop. <laughs> I don't remember this at all. <laughs> I, did, I, I also saw on Twitter people saying that the, the spawns were not great in their areas, and I, like I said, I was in two areas. I was one in one area for an hour, the other area for two hours. I mean, minus travel time, of course, but both areas, everything was good. I mean, it was it. It wasn't that there weren't when they all appeared. There were a lot of them. It was just weird that you you know you'd get a set of ten, and then you'd catch them all or go through them all, and then you everybody would wait, and then like a big set of ten would appear again. Like, nah, you got to keep walking. Well, yeah, like, God, yeah, walking. always got to walk. But I mean, we were walking, but everybody know, that was the way it was. Because you you can still see way in the distance things spawning and way in the fort as you're walking, and we would just walk to an area, an empty area, and then people were just hanging out there, and then whoop, a bunch of them would appear, and then everybody would hang around and catch those, and then move on. But you could still see that okay, there's nothing up in front of us, mm-hmm. and there's nothing behind us because we've gone through them all, and then six minutes, and then thump, they would all hit. It was really weird. And I just saw a lot of Growlithe, which may just be a downtown DC thing. That's just sure. all of a sudden it's Growlithe time down there. Well, I mean, I'm sure by the time this episode goes up, they usually announce Community Day on, you know, Monday or Tuesday. I Pattern says it's Cyndaquil. Pan- patterns do say Cyndaquil. Uh, I'm very excited. I do want to point out this is th- this was the uh, this was today is the 21st day of Halloween. And I don't believe Metagross is uh, spooky. <laughs> it's, Halloween is one day. Halloween is in a month. First day of October. <laughs> Just want to say that uh, they could have done Ghastly. Could have. Should have done Ghastly. Could have done Zubat. Uh, could have done Zubat. There is uh, no Halloween event yet for Pokemon Go. I, I hope. Uh, I hope there will be one. I believe Mewtwo is rotating out later this week in raids. Um, and, uh, you can still get your Deoxys. They're still around. Raid passes, uh, you can share them now. I know. I'm going to one on Monday, which is why my driving down to Milwaukee is delayed. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, uh, see, this is the perfect opportunity where I did two places today that were EX Raid eligible, Greg. And since you'll be in town, I could possibly invite you one how friendly yeah like that's gonna happen that you'll get the notice that the ex rate is in the three days that i'm here and you're not at twitchcon <laughs> yep that's right. a likely thing that's gonna happen thanks very Steve. likely 
Actually, now that you say that, I guarantee you my Deoxys is going to be Saturday, the day I'm at TwitchCon. I guarantee it. <laughs> One thing, uh, there was issues with the Asian Pacific Community Day. It was up for about an hour. Sounds like they were having problems. Uh, I had talked to some people that were, you know, in Australia, some people in uh Korea, they said they didn't see any issues, but reports from people in Japan said they were having issues. I'm not 100% sure what went on, but I can tell you that if you are in the Asian Pacific time zone, they have planned to reschedule all of that community day. So I'm not sure uh, what's happening. Uh, obviously, Niantic has done several successful community days in the last year. Um, I don't know if there was something planned differently, if there's maybe a Meltan thing. Probably not, though, because they probably would have gone through with it for Europe and America. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's different. The new Pokemon out or eggs or I have no clue. Uh, but it sounded like really nothing was spawning for everyone. So who who knows? Uh, but they fixed and addressed that. So I'm sure some people were upset. Some people were not upset. Uh, that's the internet for you. <laughs> In a nutshell. Some actual news here. Getting some Pokemon news. The show, we got a little bit of news, and then we got actually uh, an interview here with Masuda off Eurogamer. There was a embargo on a lot of Let's Go stuff until October 16th or 17th, I believe. So if publications got to play Let's Go or talk to Masuda or do anything Let's Go related, a lot of that stuff came out this week. This first one is off Polygon.com. Pokemon cards go highbrow with the Scream collection. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw this. Featured in the lineup <laughs> so good. are Eevee, Mimikyu, Rowlet, Psyduck, and Pikachu. Grabbing all of them requires a separate purchase, including buying expansion packs from Pokemon Center. Uh, there is no current way to... They haven't told anyone how to get the Pikachu card. On the same day the collection launches, the Tokyo Metropolitan Art Museum will launch a retrospective on Edward Munch's career. Uh, this is the this will mark the first time that the Scream and several other works exhibited in Japan, making a particular exciting event. These cards, if you guys are not familiar with who Edward Munch Munch Munch. I don't know how to say his last name properly. Uh, I mean, it's weird because it's a German-looking last name, but the yeah. dude is from Norway. So yeah, I think it's uh, what is it, Munch? It may be like Munch. I think it's Munch. Edvard Munch. Yeah, I mean, you're closest to Norway I out am. of all of us, Greg. So, <laughs> but if you're not familiar with that painting, it's the the scream painting. Um. I, I don't know. I I feel like the screen painting is on par with the Mona Lisa, and I don't know how to describe it, except it's a person screaming, just like the Mona Lisa is just like a woman smiling. I don't know how to explain famous art. <laughs> the Mona Lisa. It's a woman. She's smiling. That That's, I mean, how else would you describe that? <laughs> <laughs> These are actual TCG cards. They are, yeah. They're very cool. Um, the only one that I, I think I absolutely have to have is the Psyduck one. The Psyduck one is incredible. It is the most different and like unique of all of them. Yeah. it's. I want to say the Mimikyu one is like the weakest. 
The Mimikyu one's well, the Mimikyu one's good only because of the Pikachu shadow in the background. Yeah, like that one that sells it. The Rowlet one is excellent. The Rowlet one is really good, but like they tell a story because like the shadow Pikachu's in the Eevee shadow, then the Eevee is in Psyduck shadow is in the Eevee one, and then the Psyduck one is like. All sorts of madness, but that's clearly the Rowlet. I think that's supposed to be Rowlet Shadow? The owl? Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah. And then Rowlet I mean, has the Mimikyu in the back, and the Mimikyu has the Pikachu back. So it all goes back yeah. to the beginning, so it's like all these Pokemon are getting scared. Except, <laughs> clearly Psyduck is being extra tormented, because there's a whole lot <laughs> more going in that one. Yes. There's like one, two, three, four ghosts in that card it's so good it is such a good card it looks Um, like they all have the same attack i'm scream yeah Yeah, yes oh yeah that the the attack is scream i don't know what it does but yes that the attack i believe is just called scream i read that that wasn't that's not included in this article on polygon but i do remember that being on twitter uh no word if these are coming are there uh, if there's going to be english versions of these cards Probably not, because this is for a Tokyo Art Museum retrospective. So I don't... Maybe? Maybe not. But uh, I'm sure you'll be able to probably find them on eBay or whatever other card site. Uh, They are also making these into keychains, postcards, face towel, and iPhone cases as well. Um, But I don't have any details on how to purchase them yet. Um, I don't think the exhibit has taken place. I believe it says October 27th. Yes. Next bit of news here is going back to Pokemon Go. Gen 4 has arrived. I believe it came out on Tuesday. There were people theorizing that on Saturday it was uh, Piplup, and then on Sunday it was, or maybe it was Fri- Friday was Piplup, Saturday was Chimchar, Sunday was Turtwig, so people were like, oh, 3, 2, 1, launch on Monday, and then it didn't launch on Monday, and then nothing happened on Monday, and then it came out on Tuesday. <laughs> So I don't know if that was intentional by Niantic. I don't know if people were just trying to put theories together, but it came out on Tuesday. This is also off Polygon. Pokemon Go has fourth gen regional exclusives. So I wanted to talk about the exclusives here real quick. So Carnivine, one of the Pokemon from Gen 4, is going to be found in the southeastern United States. Uh, Venus flytraps are indigenous to the Carolinas, Florida, Maryland, and Georgia are also among states where grass-type Pokemon are cropping up. So that's, I guess that makes sense why Carnivine is there. That's confusing. Florida, Georgia, the Carolinas, and Maryland? Think you should be able to... There's a big mass of land right in the middle of that that they left out wait what are they missing isn't the carolinas between georgia and uh maryland have you heard of a state called virginia nah (laughs) (laughs) never heard of that hey look what about dc i'm not the writer of this article what's dc dc is not a state get out of here Wow, way to hurt a hurt person's feelings. Uh, the most common kind of parakeet is the Australian b- budgigar. Uh, so Chatot is found in that area. Players throughout the southern hemisphere can catch the human language speaking Pokemon too. It's being seen in Brazil as well. So that's pretty much south hemisphere. 
not near the equator, just a little bit more south. Pretty much where, like, where Corsola ends is where Chatot begins. Finally, Pachirisu uh, is also a regional exclusive. It is local to Canada and Russia, also found in Alaska. There's your three regional exclusives, and um, with those regional exclusives, they three starter Pokemon, Turtwig, Chimchar, Piplup, available in the wild, Benary, Cricketot, Bidoof, of course, Starly, also available in the wild, doof, doof. wild, and then for 10k, you have Riolu, and you have Shinx, interesting enough, Shinx in 10k eggs, uh, and... Some raid battles have rotated out, as Shinx is one of the raid battles, and Shinx is your one that can be shiny. I will say, as I was a huge, huge fan of the trickled release cycle that was Gen 3. Started with the babies, then we got the ghosts, then we got this, then we got that. I dislike everything they did about this release. When it dropped on Tuesday, I didn't feel like there was a need to go out and get it. Every one of those things that could have spawned, spawned in my house pretty frequently. Well, aren't you lucky? Some of, some of us aren't as so blessed. You have a million poke stuffs around you, Will. <laughs> I mean, but nothing spawns in my house. I have to walk at least a block to get to the closest poke stop. I, it just didn't. It, it just didn't feel like a Gen Four release. I guess it, it just didn't feel exciting. It was just I don't know. I, maybe because like. When it first, I was like, when it first hit, it was very exciting. Like suddenly, I was like, "Oh, hey, I'm sit. Maybe I'm sitting in the Piplup area." But then it became really clear that they had saturated the area, and I was like, "Oh, I can literally sit at my desk and just wait, and they'll wander in." <laughs> and it's not. I don't. I don't know if that was better or worse, but I do sort of think like for the ones that they released, I I knew what they were immediately. Like I could see them. In the area. And I don't know if that was... I sort of feel the same way. It was like, oh. I I went through things. Oh, they're here. And then, oh, that's it. That's all we're getting this time. Well, I mean, besides the starters, which... With with Gen 1 and Gen 2, starters were incredibly rare, right? Yeah. Oh, man. It's going to be... It took me forever to get my Charizard. It took me forever to get my Squirtle. And then, you know, in order to complete my my meganium or my typhlosion i pretty much depended on doing raids to get that candy from that because i would rarely ever see something like a syndical in the wild with gen 3 uh do i see a lot of torchics or mudkips not a lot but also like that's all i get out of eggs oh cool another trico so sweet I'm still glad one year later I'm hatching Trico's. I you looked at I looked at the Gen Four release stuff and it's like okay it's cool that starters are everywhere because you know at least the first two generations they were kind of hard to get but also like one they'll probably go into eggs if they're not already into eggs I'm sure they are I just didn't look at the egg list prior to recording but two. They'll eventually have a community day <laughs> <laughs> and. The uh, so then you if you just get rid of the starters maybe all of a sudden they they'll make the starters more rare in a week or two, 
It's not like you need to quickly get Bidu for Starly before they they make those more rare because those are just your more those are just your new Rattatas. Those are just your new Pidgeys. And there's nothing wrong with those being the new Pidgeys. It's just I'm not going to I'm not going to go out of my house to catch something that's going to be very very common for the next year. I'm sorry. It's just that's not exciting. I I just think this this first cycle is really disappointing. I guess. I think you've been spoiled and an overabundance of fortuitousness has made you um, spoiled. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Be happy with what you can get. Some of us aren't, don't have as many things as you do. I I will say this. It got me out of my office when I needed to take breaks and I was wandering around catching a bunch of stuff. It, It felt more oversaturated than it had in previous releases which like i appreciate because i almost have an infernape but at the same time it did seem like the drive to go out was lessened because once i realized that they were spawning everywhere and they were all i had to do is like just walk a little bit through the skyways and i could find all the starters although i still haven't found a good piplup and i'm really bitter about it 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 felt a lot easier and less exciting because of that, I guess. And then when I realized that I was so excited to go and evolve my Rosalia and I can't do that yet. Yeah. And I'm super bitter about it. And this has been the worst update ever and I hate it. And Pokemon Go is the worst <laughs> game. Wow. It's garbage. Fair. No, I mean, it's fine. It's the nice thing about Pokemon Go is it's always changing. So I'm sure. Something will happen next week and it will be exciting or whatnot. Last bit of news here is Pokemon Go, Pokemon Let's Go pits you against Master Trainers in post game. As director Masuda teased us last week with Pokemon Let's Go, it will introduce a unique challenge during its post game. Scattered throughout the world of Kanto are expert trainers, each one of them a specific Pokemon. Your challenge to battle all 151 of them. They are called Master Trainers. and They will only battle you once you've bested the Elite Four and taken down the Pokemon League. With your champion belt in hand. Man, what if your character was actually wearing a belt? You can go through the Kanto region to find these characters. They are, desi- they are desi- designated by a thought bubble above their heads showcasing their favorite Pokemon. Their favorite Pokemon also happens to be the only one on their team. As well, uh, as well as the only one they're willing to square off against. So if you want to take on the Charmander Master, you have to have a Charmander of your own. Defeating 151 of these competitors will take a lot of trading, evolving, catching. So there are bigger tests of skills than just fights themselves. Beating a Master Trainer lets you take their title away from them. But it adds an intriguing way to add a challenge after the main campaign ends, which can be hit or miss with Pokemon series as as of late. Let's go launches on November 16th. This this was the most exciting news for me of any news this entire past week. I was like, I was like, kind of like, yeah, I'm going to play Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee. I'll have fun. And I'm not going to like, there's nothing in it that's like, really capturing my heart of like i really want to be engaged with this game and then they came out with this and they're like i must be 
master trainer <laughs> for every Pokemon in this game. I don't care if it takes me the next 10 years. I must achieve this goal. And they've got me. They they, they found that hook, and they've hooked me good. It's cool. Is it, I mean, is it all just battles? Because they ended that video with the Metapod versus Metapod battle. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, so how's that going to work? I mean, Caterpie can learn moves, and it keeps those moves when it evolves into Metapod. They did say that the Pokemon will have unexpected moves. I mean, if you watch the trailer, I think you see a pincer using rock throw. And so if you're fighting pincer, and you can only use pincer, uh, rock throw, not what you want to be used against you, as it would do a lot of damage, as pincer is weak to rocks. So I would hope that the Metapod Master Trainer is a Master Trainer, because its Metapod probably knows more than just Harden. Do we think, yeah. because of this, there will be... A wider variety of move tutors? I don't know. I guess I didn't think about this. There's no breeding or no eggs, right. so it's not like there's egg moves. So the only way to get these like unique moves that they use, or unique moves to deal with these challenges, per se, is through some sort of either the TM things like they have in Go, or some form of move tutor. Or, or the combo system. That they've briefly talked about. Combo system? What is that? Uh, where you catch the same Pokemon over and over. And that gives me new moves? Well, if you compare it to Dexnav, you can get egg moves on Pokemon um, by Dexnaving them. Can you? Yeah, you can. you can. You have all this deep Pokemon knowledge. It's almost like I play Pokemon for a living now. Uh, every single day. But yes, yeah. So I mean, yeah, but that, would that so would that be? Do you think it'd be like you'd have to do it in the row, kind of like Dexnav, or would it be eventually if you've caught twenty five, fifty of them, the ones that now spawn have different moves? Oh and, yeah, and I don't know. or which do you think you prefer? Would you prefer that you have to catch them in a row, or would it? Would you prefer it be broken up but have like a higher number? I don't know what I prefer, <laughs> but I do know that a lot of people look at Dexnav and a lot of people look at SOS and they go, oh, these are shiny hunting methods. And they are. They are ways to get shinies, but also they are ways to get better IV Pokemon or in Dexnav's case, egg moves on your Pokemon or in SOS's case, hidden abilities on your Pokemon. Um, Dexnav can guarantee three perfect IVs. SOS can guarantee four perfect IVs. So I I would uh, I would bet that the combo system of catching you know Caterpie after Caterpie after Caterpie not only ensures better IVs, but I would bet that that would also probably increase your shiny chance we'll have to find out this is that deep knowledge you only get after the game has come out and somebody hacks the code and tells you <laughs> think that the master trainer thing is very cool uh, not only is it a new not a new or unique way to battle like 
through Pokemon Stadium, you could do 1v1, no items. <laughs> we both picked Dratini. Um, so it's not like this is this is unique in any way, but it is it is a cool post-game thing that I think would add a lot of time. I don't think that battling all 151 of these trainers is something you'd be able to do in an afternoon. Maybe, though. Um, but it also requires you to have a complete Pokedex, right? Like, you can't battle the Sandslash trainer if you didn't have a Sandslash. And if you only had one Sandshrew and you evolved it, well, now you have to go out and find a Sandshrew to battle the Sandshrew trainer. So, I hope... I definitely hope there is some reward for completing the Pokedex other than just the opportunity to do this. And then I hope that there is some reward. Not a stamp. Look, I don't want a stamp in a book. That means nothing to me. <laughs> Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. Give me something that's worth my time. Give me a reason to do this. Uh, I think the Shiny Charm is a great in-game reward for completing a dex. But yeah, I I, I hope something. But I it does... There, there has definitely been a problem, I think, with the last couple games. And I don't think it's a problem with, like, Sun and Moon or Ultra Sun and Moon. I just think people play through Pokemon games and they see a Furfru and they go, Ah, at what point I caught a Furfru in X and Y, I'm not going to catch this, I'm going to keep going on. Um, and you'll see a bunch of people complete Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon with, you know, like, 34 Pokemon in their decks. Because they don't really care about the catching, because probably at one point they have caught Pokemon... Um, and that's fine. Maybe they actually don't like catching Pokemon. Maybe they just wanted to pick six Pokemon, do the battles, do the story, beat the Elite Four, call it a day. Everyone plays games differently. That's fine. But, hey, who would have guessed catching Pokemon may be a core aspect of a game called Pokemon? I don't know. It's we, we You can point at Pokemon Go. It's been two years later, and I'm still catching Pidgeys. Hmm. I hope... I mean, I hope it is... I hope there's more depth to it than, like, they're stuck at level 50 and you can over-level. Like, I hope they're, they're, they are, I hope it's something that's, like, you have to be creative about it. Like, you have to figure out, like, there's a different move or a way to best it without over-leveling. That's my only sort of fear, that, you, that you'll just be able to go in, like, with a hundred, a level 100 Metapod, which... Granted, will be hard to get to, and then you're just like, I'm just going to trounce it and win all the... You know, I hope that there's a little bit more to it than that. Yeah, yeah. It, they, maybe the, maybe they're really lame. Maybe all the Master Trainers are not as hard as they're made out to be. But I... I you know, I have a suspicion it's going to be levels. Like, the Master Caterbee Trainer is not going to be that hard, but, like, the Master Dragonite Trainer is going to be real tough. Yeah. I'm excited though. I I I think it's a really cool post game thing. Well, yeah, and it just shows that they're that this isn't just a, a a throwaway title, right? That they've put a lot of work into making this a really fun, engaging, and interesting Pokemon game with new things to try. You know, maybe maybe it's not. Um, what were those horrible? Like it reverses the type. Matchups, reverse reverse battles, <laughs> reverse battles. Kind of like reverse battles. <laughs> I liked. Re I wish they had done a lot more with them, but they didn't. <sighs> I mean, all I have to say is they're putting a lot of work into a side game. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> Wouldn't it have been cool if, like in 
in Pokemon Sun and Moon and Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, like when you went through the portal to the alternate world, if like in that world, everything was reverse battles, that would have been so oh, cool. Oh, that would have been amazing. <sighs> well, they'll do that for the remake. Okay. In a hundred years. In a hundred years. When it's like VR Pokemon. Yes, please. All right, what we're going to do is we are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, we have an interview with Masuda off Eurogamer that we're going to cover about Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevees, so we'll be right back. But uh, your, your, your player character in this game is called Chase, Chase. and the female character, female character is called is Elaine. Elaine. <laughs> Like I said before the break, this is off Eurogamer. It looks like Chris Tapsell sat down with Masuda and asked some questions here. So we're just going to go through this article. Not all the questions we'll probably uh, talk about. Uh, So the question here is, so it's been 20 years since the release of Pokemon Red and Blue in the West, 19 in Europe. Congratulations. Was that the anniversary? Was that anniversary one of the main reasons you chose Let's Go in the Kanto region as a retelling of Yellow? Masuda said, quote, So it was actually more that one of the main targets of these games is kids who haven't had the opportunity to play Pokemon Go. Because, you know, they don't have a smartphone. And we thought that amongst all of the previous Pokemon games until now, the one that's the most relatable to kids like this would be Pokemon Yellow. So you have Pikachu, of course, as a main feature in these games. You have Team Rocket, who appears a lot in the anime. And so if we were reimagining this game, we're reimagining Pikachu for the modern audiences. We thought that Pokemon Yellow would be kind of be the easiest for everyone to relate to, everyone to understand. And then actually we only noticed afterwards that it would be the 20th anniversary release of these games. So we thought, ah, great, that lines up very nicely. So at the time, of course, you have the pixel art all in black and white, monocolor. But with the new games, we have the television, which was one of the main ways to play. play. And you're kind of looking at it quite up close, seeing the high quality graphics there. So we want people to experience the difference between the very first, the first very simple pixel art and the new High graphics on the big television screen. I don't know if there's much to go off that besides they are targeting this game towards kids. How dare Nintendo not make a game for us core people? I mean, it's pretty rude. Let's get right. Let's get that right. <laughs> I have been giving them money m- most of my adult life. When's my game? When's middle aged b- get on board game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah why why is the protagonist of pokemon games always some kid why can't yeah. it be a 45 be year old an established hard working has to go out on lunch breaks and free time after work 
using then Pokemon battles for the exercise to keep their blood pressure down. Where's yeah, my I, story? I don't get to use my smartphone to play Pokemon Go because I work all the time. And I don't have time for Pokemon Go. <laughs> yeah, Masuda. And Where's your my game? <laughs> sure. I, 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 don't, I don't really know where to go off from this. Uh, you got nothing. From that nothing. quote. It's fine. It's whatever. <laughs> I'm going to skip a question to this question. So you mentioned not wanting Kanto to be scary, and I know you've talked about Pokemon and Let's Go in particular being accessible to new players. Are there still puzzles and challenges like strength puzzles in caves, or you have moved away from that entirely now? Masuda, quote, So when we tried to think about how kids these days generally play games, what came to mind was mobile games. Games which you play for a short time, and perhaps you'll be moving between various games pretty quickly. So if it was a game that kind of takes about an hour, about two hours to get into, we thought perhaps people might get bored and decide to move to a different game. So back in the day, even playing in virtual console version of the original Pikachu version, it might take, you know, 30, 40 hours to kind of complete or progress significantly in the game. And in this age with so many games to choose from, we thought we'd rather make something that was easier to progress through and kind of tailor that playstyle to how we think that playstyle has evolved over the years and how children are playing games now. In the same vein, back in the day, there wasn't any kind of mechanics where you could run anywhere in those games. But of course, now with the 3D map, you can now run diagonally. You can go whichever ways you want. You can run. It's faster to actually get around with the Pokemon appearing in the field as well you can choose whether you want to catch them or whether you want to avoid them altogether so we're kind of you know bending the will to the players here and giving them more options to choose the way to play that's most fun to them i liked my pokemon when it was north south east west (laughs) random encounters in the tall grass back in my day i could not run diagonally correct dare i mean it's an excellent point being able to run diagonally through things will obviously shave some time, but also avoiding battles if you don't want to battle will shave some time. How many times have you run through a cave and forgot repel and your ob- your goal was just to get to the cave, not catch or battle anything that can add several minutes to the destination you're trying to get to? 5,000 Zubat later. Your life's drained out of you, and you're out of that cave. Yeah, I mean, you're you're at this dilemma now, or this, not dilemma, but this crossroad of, okay, we're giving you that option of avoiding battles, but also you're probably going to get through the game significantly quicker if you're not forced into these battles. So does a player who wants a long game but doesn't want to be bothered with a million Zubats is that player at the end going to complain that the game was too short when they decided to take that route? Or in return, is somebody who wants to encounter everything they see going to complain that the game takes too long because they haven't left the Viridian Forest after 30 hours? Or is there going to be this right balance of like just what you're doing feels good? I guess we'll see, right? We don't know until people play it, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, we just don't want a... 45 minute introductory <laughs> thanks pokemon sun and moon ultra sun and ultra moon i want to get into the action i yeah i wonder if they there's no arguing here that he said that 
he wants to make that Masuda said that, you know, he wants kids to enjoy these games and these ca- these games were um targets, uh, quote, uh, quote, one of the main targets of these games is kids and quote. I wonder if they looked at Sun and Moon and Ultra Sun and Moon where that first island we've talked about probably a dozen or more times on this podcast, that first island is extremely handholdy. Yep. Yeah, it really is. Not for it wasn't handholdy for us as adults. It was handholdy for kids, for people who that is their first ever Pokemon game, which doesn't work with their short attention spans. I, and I wonder if they looked at that in retrospect and said, you know what, these games did sell well, but they didn't sell well to kids. And you can argue. I mean, this is coming from a third-year-old who runs a Pokemon podcast. Most of our listeners here are adults. <laughs> but I think a lot of us first got into Pokemon when we were kids. So I don't think it's unfair. And I don't think it's you should be upset that they're trying to target two kids. Obviously, I think at the end of the day, anyone, any age can enjoy Pokemon. Just like anyone, any age can enjoy Mario. I would not consider Mario a kid's game, but let me tell you, as an eight-year-old, I played a heck of a lot of Mario, <laughs> but but there's a huge difference between a jumping platformer and a, turn, a turn-based RPG with various amounts of mechanics and trying to you know, introduce somebody to that without it feeling overwhelming, I would imagine, is extremely difficult. One of the fears of making a game for kids is that everybody assumes that four kids means super, super easy and super, super dumbed down. And I don't know that's necessarily going to be the case. I think of any company that knows sort of how to address kids' needs and kid difficulty, it's Nintendo who has a track record with it. But I think a lot of people sort of hear, I'm making it for kids, And their brain goes to, oh, they're making it for three-year-olds? Like, it's going to be match colors and match shapes. Like, we sort of assume when they say we're making it for children that they're making it for toddlers. And we tend to sort of forget that 8, 9, 10, 11 are children that can have games be made for them. And those games can be more sophisticated than something made for toddlers. But I think a lot of people immediately jump on, oh, it's for kids, therefore it's just going to be like blocks and shapes and super, super simple. And that's not necessarily true. I think it's a, I think it's an, an initial reaction that a lot of people have when you hear, I'm making something for kids. And also, kids these days are far more advanced at age levels than than we were at those ages. I mean... To some extent, yes. I mean, they, they're they more comfortable with certain things than we were, for sure. Okay, that's that's a nice way to put it. Because I was saying, like, when I was five years old, I used to have this, like, dock on, like, it was like on a string, yeah, and you and would pull it, you pull it around. and it would kind of wobble and, and make quacking noises. And I, I just thought that was the greatest thing ever. If you were to give that to a five-year-old today, they'd throw it at you and say, give me my iPhone back. Well, they'd play for it for a little while, right? And then they'd be like, well, what else does it do? Not much. I I mean, that's it. Yeah, I mean, different times, obviously. I mean, I can look at going to arcades where my parents were like, I don't even know how you play those things. And it was second nature to me. All the arcade games, I knew how to do them. 
you know, I, I think we just, just like a word of warning, like just because it's meant to appeal to kids, it's not meant to appeal to toddlers. Like it still can have a level of difficulty. And I want to have some faith in company that has been making quote unquote kids games for, I don't know, what is it a hundred years now that they have good research on how to make them challenging while still make them accessible. Speaking of adults here, question was, what would you say to those players who are crying out for a bit more of a challenge? Maybe adult players who've been playing for 20 years or who got into a bit later. Should they just wait for the next RP? Should they just wait for next year's RPG instead? Masuda, quote, to those kinds of fans, we'd mention the catch combo mechanic where you can catch the same Pokemon multiple times in a row and get various rewards and benefits for that. Kensaka Nabana? I'm not exactly sure who that is. And they say, quote, and also the post-game content as well, in particular the Master Trainers. So there are trainers who are all kinds of ultimate trainers of a specific Pokemon, so you will challenge them. So you will challenge them and then their title for their Pokemon. So instead, you become the master trainer of that Pokemon if you manage to beat them in battle. Masuda then says, quote, So for me, my favorite Pokemon is Psyduck. So I'll be training my Psyduck amazingly and then would challenge the Psyduck Master and then gain the Psyduck Master title. And that's something you can put a lot of effort and a lot of time into. I really wanted to create a challenge for myself and these master trainers exist for all the 151 Pokemon in the game. So, you know, you want to collect all the titles, then that's something you can really challenge yourself with. Stop there. So they mentioned both collecting and the Master Trainer stuff as stuff that would appeal to adults or people who have been playing the series for 20 years. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's a fair answer to you guys, but I mean, I'm not going to hide my emotions. I was legit excited when I saw Master Trainers, and that was something I instantly wanted to do. And this is coming from somebody who, in the past, really don't, I really don't care that much about battling. So when I saw that, that did appeal to me. I mean, again, I hope that it's more than just battling or that you can overlevel it. I mean, the way they make it sound that it, it is going to be like puzzles you need to figure out you may have to go do xyz to get xyz move to get past it like the what they're suggesting is there's more to it than just having to battle which i'm excited for i hope i hope it's more of a puzzle or that there's a bunch of things to do to try to get whatever you need to pass that trial like i I hope it's more than just battling and i think they're hinting at it there which you know is why i'm still sort of excited about it but again, I'll have to see how it goes. It could be that I, you know, I become far-fetched master and I'm like, and done, because that was really boring. Uh, I mean, you can, there's one battle in particular that I think everyone remembers in the last 20 years. They've played all the Pokemon games. Which battle? Because I've forgotten. It was, some people said probably the hardest battle they've ever done. Some people said it was very unfair. Necrozma? Yeah. It's a one-on-one battle. Ultra Necrozma? Ultra Necrozma, yeah. Yeah, well, you can still overlevel not, that. You can you but, you can you can you can absolutely overlevel it. But I would argue wait, Ultra Necrozma, you can have your whole team against it. It's just a is, single battle. Well that's that's the thing though. You can have your whole team against Ultra Necrozma and it's still 
challenging, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yes. And before anyone writes in, of course, there are very simple ways to beat it. You can you can use a level 23 Baskelin with a Focus Sash, and you can Endeavor, and then you can Aqua Jet, and that's about two turns, and Necrozma's dead. Wow. Basculin is clutch. Basculin MVP. Uh, I mean, you could do the same thing with a Rattata. Uh, you can you can do a lot of you know what some people would consider very cheap methods. Another popular method that I know Irene used because she struggled so much with Ultra Necrozma was the Toxic Stall Mimikyu method, where you know Mimikyu is always going to survive the first hit because of disguise, and then you just potion stall. And now all those methods I've mentioned, the Focus Ash Baskelin, the Toxic Stall Mimikyu, they all relied on items, which we don't yeah. have. We don't have held oh. items. We, with these Master Trainer battles, you cannot potion stall, right? You can't go, hey, how, how's Raichu has Focus Blast? My Zangoose, which is normal type, is weak against Focus Blast. If how hits this Focus Blast, I'm dead. And if it does hit it and doesn't crit, you know, you potion stall, right? I'm just going to use four hyper potions in four more turns. How will have no more focus blasts. And now is going to resort to psychic is going to resort to quick attack is going to resort to whatever Raichu's third, fourth move was. I actually don't know. But these are tactics that players have used throughout the years. Potion stalling, switching, protect stalling, toxic stalling, paralyze, confusion to get around. So if these battles are Necrozma level battles, and I know, again, somebody's going to write in and be like, I didn't have any problems with Ultra Necrozma. Great. I'm sure you didn't. Yes. I, you know, if, if you had a Pangoro on your team, you'd actually be really good. If you used Zorark Illusion, you'd be fine because Necrozma wasn't smart enough to realize it was Zorark. I get it. There are definitely options around. Also, there are 800 Pokemon. Settle down. Don't write in. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> but that fight is very memorable for the difficulty. Uh, and so I, I do hope that the master trainers... I'm not saying all 150 have to be ultra necrozma level. But if I go into Pinsir and their Pinsir knows Rock Throw and that's going to two-shot me and I can't use any items and my Pinsir is slower, how do I beat that? What is Game Freak doing for me to go out and make a better pincer? And if making a better pincer takes two to three hours and those two to three hours are enjoyable two to three hours of grinding, then I'm all in. Like, yeah. that sounds amazing. I mean, it, it, it could. So it's one of those. It's one of the things that if implemented correctly could be amazing. Something that everybody talks about, like, oh, I hope that comes back. That was so much fun. It also has very, very ripe for that was implemented terribly, and I never want to see that again. And there's just not enough info to determine how we're going to shake out on this one. But I, I have hope. I have hope with what they've described that it'll be very fun. Uh, next question here is, does that cover all the post-game content referring to Master Trainer? Or is there more? Is there any other story-based content after the main quest line? Masuda, quote, So you know, uh, this is obviously based on the yellow version. So in addition to Master Trainers in the postgame, there's always the challenge of completing the decks, and not just the in-game contents, but we'd like players also challenging themselves with meeting up from friends and trading Pokemon from both versions to complete the decks. 
which makes it sound like no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You have your decks, and you have your master trainers. And that's that's good. That's okay. You know, I, I, I thought about this, and I was like, what... What game has good posts? Like what? Like Emerald. Emerald. Okay. Emerald, what, what is there to do? Emerald post game with the Battle Frontier was outstanding. But just the Battle Frontier. I mean, there's a little bit of story, but the Battle Frontier was huge. I mean, I can't like there were four separate things, all played very differently, all required different skill sets. I mean, I. Easily the game I've put the most amount of time into was Emerald. Emerald post game was brilliant. I mean, like I look at Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon and the Rainbow Rocket stuff I thought was really well done. But I mean, what, two, three hours to get through that? Yeah. Sun and Moon was the Ultra Beast storyline. Maybe three to four hours to get through that. Yeah. You would probably do that anyways, because that was the only way to catch Ultra Beasts. Yeah. Whereas yeah. the Rainbow Rocket stuff, I mean, besides money, I don't think you got a Pokemon from it. No, it was optional, but it was fun. X and Y, I don't remember if I did that post game, but X I don't, and Y was the it... looker quests, and they were interesting, but it only took like an hour. Okay. Omega um, Ruby Alpha Sapphire had the Delta, the Delta stuff, which was which was interesting lore wise, not necessarily interesting game wise because there's way too much fetching. Go to this oh, place, it was go to long that place. Too. Um, but story-wise, it was very interesting. But, you know, they missed such a huge opportunity not not putting that Battle Frontier in there. But, yeah, that that Aura stuff was, what, six, seven hours long? Like, yeah. I tried to do it as fast as possible. It was, and I was long. Like, this is a lot. But that's because there was a lot of... It was too long. There was a lot of... It was only too long because there was a lot of fetching. It was go here, talk to this person, get this item. Then fly over here, talk to this person, give them that item so you can get this item. <laughs> You know, there was just a lot, there was a lot of uninteresting f- just travel that's like... Fetch quests are my favorite quests. Don't get me started on Black and White 2. It's like they hide three of those towns away until you beat the Elite Four, and there's literally nothing in all three of those towns. They did that in Black and White 2. I mean, Black and White as well. <laughs> I mean, the underwater <laughs> like, ruins were kind of fun. I thought... Yeah, that was too hard for me, though. Black and White was going to unlock a bunch of new Pokemon. Black and White 2 was going to unlock a bunch of new Pokemon when you beat it. And I think it unlocks some, but not nearly the amount I thought for being, you know, quote-unquote a sequel. I was really expecting just a boatload of Pokemon to catch. Yeah, there weren't. Well, next time, I mean, because Black and white, Black and white had the You had to find the Seven Sages. Yeah. yeah, that was interesting. But again, that wasn't very long, it, and it was a lot of hunting. But I mean, it, it was interesting to hunt them and then battle them. Like, I'm I'm here to arrest you, which was kind of fun. I mean, I guess the only point I'm making is we haven't really had good Pokemon post game <laughs> since Emerald. No, I I mean I disagree. I think that there's smaller like post game stuff, and especially like with us since we're not huge into battling things like the. In black and white, the battle subway and yeah, well, the battle in... subway, the battle manor, the battle chateau, I mean, yeah, battle tree, yeah, the battle tree, the like a lot of post game revolves around battling and, and battling Becoming in a very a better Pokemon trainer in a very specific way. And I think one of the things that was very, I think, makes most people who played Emerald and played a lot of Battle Frontier is yeah, there was the battle pyramid. But then there were a bunch of other types. There was one where you could only rent, and there was one where it was just 
pick Pokemon that like, help you navigate a maze and different things happen depending <laughs> on what you did. Like there was a lot of interest there. There was a lot of reasons to collect different Pokemon to do different things because you needed them for specific reasons in those things, which made that area much more alive and interesting to do than just I have a one-on-one, I have a two-on-two battle, and then I'm going to meet Red or Blue and interrupt their honeymoon to fight them. Yeah. <laughs> Would you stop? <laughs> they are not married. Yes, not they yet. are. Just on a trip together. Their honeymoon. Next question here is, I know you haven't talked about this, but is there a possibility uh, that there would be any national Pokedex beyond the 151 in Kanto or plans for a, to add Pokemon from other generations? Masuda says, quote, so not right now. Well, kind of. Or what we're looking forward to most right now is how the game is received. Uh, we'll see its reception amongst all the players and really we're just... So right now, players should become a trainer, throw their Pokeballs, achieve the dream that everyone should have, including myself. You know, everyone's dream to become a Pokemon trainer. And then, you know, take your Pokeballs and get going. Which is a real general statement of... (laughs) We'll see if it sells well before we get Let's Go Cyndaquil. The Mm. one line that stands out... for me, is like, achieve the dream of becoming a Pokemon trainer, and then I can't help but think, then stop making me save the world. <laughs> yeah. Although we had a discussion today, literally about this, and um, determined that if there is a Johto version of the Let's Go games, um, I think it was James that said this, that it would be uh, Let's Go Togepi and Let's Go Pichu as the appropriate sidekick characters. Oh, yeah. I'm in. <laughs> We... Are you picking Togepi or Pichu? Oh, Pichu. Uh... Togepi. Togepi is probably here. where it's at. All I know is we need to get to Gen 3 so I can become a Rosalia master and be done. <laughs> <laughs> Hang up my belt and be like, done, done, and done. Never uh, touching another game ever again. Question here. We mentioned briefly those HMs like strength. Is it something... It's been something that's changed pretty much with every game. Do you feel like you've settled on an implementation of them with Let's Go, with fan-focused things like surfing Pikachu, flying Pikachu with balloons? Masuda says, so yeah, this is something that is tricky every time with every new game. We kind of ask ourselves, well, what do you want your Pokemon to be able to do? And this time, because we had the partner Pokemon that is always with you throughout the game, you know, we were able to have them have secret techniques that only your partner can learn. But you know, when it comes to new or future generations, confirmed. That would be up to the developer of those games to decide exactly how to implement hidden machines. Laughs, it's dot dot dot, it's a bother every time. It's really difficult, laughs. So sometimes you know the players, you become unable to progress in some game and you kind of get stuck somewhere because of it. Really bothersome. But it would be a bit boring if we just had the players push the blocks themselves. We have questions. So do you see a future where you just don't have HMs at all? Is this uh, and use another system to manage players' progress? Masuda says, quote, It's not really like a technical issue that we have with these. Uh, It's just like, you know, if you teach a Pokemon Surf and then you go out to an island and then you have your Pokemon forget Surf and then you're stuck on the island, laughs. What are you supposed to do with that? It's just every time it's the same type of problem, like how can you solve that issue? Uh, So if 
that were the case, the player would then have to be swimming across the oceans themselves carrying a Pokemon, and you're like, well, am I the Pokemon? Or is the Pokemon the Pokemon? It would get really confusing. So that's your update on HMs. There's a little bit more of this interview I'm on to tackle, but let's take one more break. We have a couple more things uh, in this interview regarding Pokemon Go. And then uh, we have our question of the week, our Pokemon of the week, and then we will wrap up. So we will be right back. Who's your favorite Pokemon? Who's your favorite Pokemon? Who's your favorite Pokemon? Manchamp? Manchamp? more of this interview here the question i have here is still off your gamer following along okay something else i wanted to talk about on a completely different topic was meltan it had a very unusual reveal it was really exciting for us to try to figure out what was going on on that day when it was discovered in the network traffic of pokemon go shortly before it appeared in the game was that a leak or is that intentional so a reveal disguised as a leak, intentionally to get people excited, question mark. Masuda, quote, laughs. That was planned. So actually, yeah, we tried really hard on this one. We didn't even tell company players. So some of them were surprised when this came out as well. So only a few people knew about the plan well in advance. So it was a really well-kept secret. So normally I don't really post things on Twitter about new Pokemon or Pokemon that were featured that are featured or more often encountered Pokemon or more often encountered in Pokemon Go on specific days. But on the day that Meltan was released, it was Community Day and there was Chikorita and Chikorita was the Pokemon of the day. And then 15 minutes before Meltan was set to release, I tweeted, oh, everyone hurry up and catch your Chikoritas. You got 15 minutes left. Laughs, which was out of the ordinary for me. The interviewer here asks about how to get Meltan. We talked about that last week. This interview uh, took place before that information was released. So I'm going to skip that part. Don't know how to get Meltan. Again, we talked about it, I think, last week's episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yep. question here. Okay, thanks for answering that. Even Even if I can't say it until everyone already knows. So last time we spoke, back at the Let's Go reveal in Japan... The topic of open-world Nintendo Switch games came up, like Breath of the Wild and Super Mario Odyssey. And you mentioned that there's a possibility that one day Pokemon might follow suit. I know that was purposely vague. There is still something that's being... But is that still something being considered? Is that something you'll see happening one day on Switch? Masuda, quote, Well, you know, in general, I always want to be kind of facing new challenges and trying to do, you know, do new things with Pokemon. You know, it's a different matter whether players will actually enjoy that play style, but really, you know, things like setting up AI that you know real-world Pokemon appear or different ways to appreciate the game. 
I'm always kind of thinking how to approach the Pokemon series from a different aspect, so in that sense, it's still on the cards. Question, I wanted to ask, I also wanted to quickly ask about Pokemon that are available in the game, like those which are related to Kanto but not in the original 151, Pokemon like Igglybuff or Magmortar that tie the first generation Pokemon. What's the reason behind leaving those out? Masuda, quote, kind of a basis of it, you know, is that the first generation, there aren't any Pokemon eggs. So, you know, we, when we thought about it and how these Pokemon would be hatched in the first place, it kind of didn't make any sense. But also, you know, we wanted to spend more time putting effort into making the Kanto Pokemon, the original 151, as well made as possible and expressing them as well as we could. Question, sure. And does it suggest you have one eye on another Let's Go style game set in Johto? Masuda. So, you know, maybe, if everyone enjoys these games, laughs. But, you know, more than that, I know a lot of people and fans have spent a lot of time hatching eggs. They've hatched, dot dot dot, a lot of eggs. But we want them to kind of discover new ways to enjoy Pokemon games. You know, I'd be really sad to think that for them, Pokemon is hatching eggs. So with this one, we're trying to show them that there's a different side of the game. Question, finally, I know you can't talk any specifics yet, so I want to know what is when you can start talking about that 2019 RPG. Masuda, quote, laughs, sometime, dot, 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 next year. So the open world stuff, take it or leave it, I guess. How dare he diss my egg hatching ways? I know. Oh, you want to get right to the egg hatching stuff? I live for egg hatching. I live for egg hatching. I have tried your other methods. I have hunted. I have synchronized. I can hatch eggs and watch TV and be in Pokemon Bliss. Other, like, I don't know how to play these games. I've been playing for 20 years. Let me hatch my eggs in peace. Even when I play Pokemon Go, every single time I'm ready to to hatch an egg, I'm like, oh, what's it going to be? And then I'm like, Alolan Diglett again. (laughs) I've never gotten a Lolan Diglett from an egg, come to think of it. I've no, you can get them from the... Uh, I know you Alolan. can, i just never gotten them. Oh. Yeah, you know, I, it's, it's, always, it's always hard to tell people's tone uh, when they say oh, yeah. something. <laughs> I mean, I get what he's saying. Like, I but think, when you, I'll read what? it one more time for, for listeners. But the quote is, So you know, maybe, if, if everyone enjoys playing these games laughs... But you know, more than that, I know there are a lot of people and fans that have spent a lot of time hatching eggs. They've hatched dot 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 a lot of eggs, but we want them to kind of discover new ways to enjoy Pokemon games. You know, I'd be really sad to think of them, think of that for them. Pokemon is hatching eggs. So we're trying with this one to show them that there is a different side of the game, end quote. What I get from this, apart from dissing my egg hatching but i think the part of the master trainer challenge is ways to catch a bunch so you can turn in the candies to up their stats catch a bunch so you can get different moves so that there's a catching mechanic that replaces egg the what you would get from egg breeding right and i think i think that's fine for a game that's not competitive oriented it's catching oriented I think I think probably the meaning is lost a little bit in the translation. I don't think they have a problem 
with egg hatching per se, because it's in every game, and there's an egg hatching method named after him. So I don't think it's correct to say that they're anti-egg. I think what they want to do is replicate that experience through a different way in Let's Go that mimics what people enjoy about that that's not tied to egg hatching. And I'm I'm there for it if it's implemented well. But also don't diss my eggs. <laughs> <laughs> going just going back to, you know, Dexnav or or SOS, they have made methods where you can get good IV Pokemon or you can get egg move Pokemon without doing egg stuff. Yeah, you and can. So to me this reads like Look, you jerks! We've tried doing this, and you all keep going back to eggs. Well, and there's a reason, and we're why just taking away your eggs. Eggs. <laughs> eggs is way easier. Yeah, eggs it is. does not take me. I don't know. SOS seven... is very easy. Like SOS all you have to do, very, all you have to do is get to thirty. Pay, all you have to do is pay a lot of attention too. You have to have three different Pokemon necessarily, depending on what you're SOSing for. You have to. There, it's not like I just go there SOS and I get what I want. Like you still have to have a synchronizer if you want to try to get the right nature. Otherwise, you're going to end up breeding it anyways. Like it's not that simple. Egg people. The reason why people go to egg hatching is because it's just a simpler, less attentive way to get the same result. Like if SOS was set it and forget it, you didn't have exploding geodudes. You didn't have to worry about things cursing you or killing themselves or calling in a Marini to eat something and kill your chain. Like, those things are interesting lore-wise, but it doesn't make that better than egg hatching. Egg mm-hmm. hatching is in though, my it makes control. it way more exciting. But It's the exciting. Reason, the reason you are pro-egg pro hatching is because... Because I've done it you, for 20 years? <laughs> well, <laughs> also, you can do other things. Right. Yes. You can do other things. And in arguably less time for eggs, if you have, if you've been doing it for so long and you set yourself up, Pokemon Bank makes it real easy to get your good ones up and start that chain over again. Like, there's a history there that's super easy for people to do. There's like a Zen part of egg catching that I love. And I think a lot, and I think for a lot of people who are competitive battlers, it's you can be guaranteed the results you want with the changes that they've implemented better than trying to deal with SOSing. I mean, SOSing is fun. SOSing is exciting. I've done it a lot as well because it's an exciting thing. You can get shinies that way that happen in a way faster rate than egg moves and getting the eggs. But for people who who are breeding, they aren't necessarily breeding for shinies. They're breeding for other reasons, and those other reasons are still faster through egg hatching than through any of the methods they've introduced. I mean, you've done chain fishing, and you admit that when you're in chat and you're streaming it, you go dead silent while you're trying to focus on that stupid exclamation point and sound to get it exactly right. Yep. And I'm I'm very bad at reaction type things. <laughs> yeah, so egg egg takes that away from it. So I'm hoping that there is that it's not so overly complicated. And you can get the same result as egg hatching. I mean, I get it. There's not going to be eggs in there. So they had to come up with something else. But I I think that there's a lot to egg hatching. And I think people are 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 
grumpy about it for good reasons. It felt very dismissive, but then again, it's a translated of a tone we didn't hear. And I think they really want people interacting with the game more than when you are egg hatching. Because I'm watching TV. Or I'm watching yeah, they streams. They want all your focus. Yeah. I'm sure data miners can tell, but... Or maybe they can't, but I'm very what, curious. What can't any, data miners ruin? I'm very curious of any time you connect to the internet, whether it's GTS or Wonder Trade or Festival Plaza, how much data they're pulling from your game to be like, this player has played 500 hours, has hatched 2,000 eggs, has beat the Elite Four once, has... 4% of their Pokedex completed even though they've hatched 2,000 eggs. Like, I'm very curious of I'm, what I data they, they get, have. They get every aspect that you've done in that game. There's no reason for them not to. I mean, they want every ounce of data when you connect to the internet and upload to DCS. They want every stat that possibly exists. How many you've caught, how many you've faced, how much you've hatched. Like, the game itself, I mean... It was pretty transparent they were doing that when they were giving you medals. Was that in black and white, too? It's like, hey, you've yes. done these things. Here's a medal. Yeah. And by the way, you gave us all this data about that. And then now it's just part of the GTS. Like, there's no reward for it. They're just like, yep, we're taking it. And we know what you did. Like, you can talk to people in-game. Like, oh, you've hatched 20 eggs, so now I don't have to judge your Pokemon for you. I'll just put it in the Poke computer. And do yeah. it yourself. Me out. Like, you know okay, that they're Peter. keeping track out of it. Not getting rid of, but that he was just unsatisfied with the amount of breeding people do. I mean, they could be, but every game is unsatisfied in a lot of ways with how people interact with their games. Like, that's a constant thing for most games. Like, why are people yeah, running like this same dungeon 5,000 times who want them to explore new content? Oh, yeah. there's a piece of gear in there that everybody really likes. Like, exactly. It happens all the time. And I do think that they want to address in games where they aren't going to include a breeding mechanic, what do people like about it and how can we replicate that experience so those people get the things they like out of the game that's not, you know, and I think I think how I how I want to read his it makes me sad. I want to read it as it makes me sad that that's what they enjoy about the game and it's not there for these games and i want to replicate that mm, not that it's sad that these fans <laughs> it's sad that they do it because hey these fans have put 300 hours making teams with your game and not done anything else while still interacting with your game like you can't be too sad that yeah you know my copy of ultrasun has 250 hours on it right they made their 40 bucks. They made their 40 bucks, and I got more than my money's worth. Speaking of money, question of the week. Yay! Uh, Greg, uh, your jingle, please. All right. This is the question of the week. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and I switch it up every time as much as I can. Sure. This is from uh, Pink Ink and Chaos from Slack. Oh, no. <laughs> Why didn't you pick my question of the week? Because That's the answer is obvious. Florges is, is not better than Rose Raid, hands down. Um, the question of the week is, what superstitions do you still use in Pokemon? For example, up plus B for catch rate. 
which that's wrong. It's down B. No, it's up B. To catch. I don't know what. Minnesota. <laughs> no, it's down B. Um, <laughs> News I still, you got over there. I still do down B, not because I think it works, but it's just a motion. I don't know why. Um, because of, I think it was Coliseum and Gale of Darkness, you could only connect those games if you saved in a Pokemon Center. And so now, from that, from those games on, I only save in Pokemon Centers. Like, I when I'm like, oh, I have to stop my game, I have to get back to a Pokemon Center, and I have to save there. And I know I don't have to, but I still do it every time. And then I save three times, because what if the first two saves <laughs> didn't take? <laughs> I guess mine is kind of along the same lines. It's like, if I look away from the screen when I'm saving and don't see the little message that comes up that says, saved. Saved. Then I'm like, it didn't it really didn't save, save, and I need to do this again. I need to do it again, and then I need to do it again. Save my game. I definitely do the save game two to three times, but only if I'm not paying attention like Will. Like, I have to, I have to visually see that it says your game is saved. Like, I don't think hearing it is ever good enough. I, mean, I still do down B. I still... I don't do that anymore. Um, I'm trying to think. They're not necessarily superstitions, but they're habits. Trying to think of my Pokemon habits. I still don't organize I always, my boxes. <laughs> I, I always name all of my Pokemon. All every all single one. Yep. I only name the ones that are gonna be on my team. If they're box fodder, I nope, don't care. You're in the box. Probably superstition. I always try to never let other people's Pokemon touch my Pokemon. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> what so does for, that mean? So, for example, if like Greg trades me something, or if you know somebody else trades me something, they go in a different box of like these are Pokemon that aren't actually my children. <laughs> I put a lot of love into that Smeargle. Thank you very much. And it came with the Pokerus that you couldn't find. Thank you very much. Hey, I found it. I found a Spoink. I know, From I was Heart there. Soul Silver but that you're has like, just going to zip past this gorgeous Smeargle that was lovingly made by my friend and given to you to help you on your journey of catching. You're like, nope, these can't be with my Pokemon, <laughs> my exclusive top tier caught in the wild roughhousing hooligans. Also... Like, refuse to ever name legendary or mythical Pokemon? I don't, I don't name know. legendaries either. But I never I use them on teams, so I don't have that impulse to use them, name them. Yeah. Yeah, I think those are, that's it. I don't know if I have any other weird superstitions. Save a bunch of times. Let's see if there's any, like, if anybody online has any. The, the Probably the, the Pokeball I buy the least ever is Great Ball. One, because it's ugly, but two, because I just think... Right, I think what Pokeball is two hundred, Great Ball is six hundred, Ultra Ball is twelve hundred. I just think for the per- probably the math adds up, but for me, I know the Great Ball is one point five times and a Pokeball is one times. So I'd rather have three Pokeballs instead of one Great Ball. If I'm limited on money, I guess I'm sure statistically somebody could be like, well, the math says that actually one Great Ball is better, but. I just I would rather have the three Pokeballs instead of one Great Ball. Yeah, I don't buy a lot of I don't buy a lot of Great Balls. Um, I generally use the ones that I 
like you tend to find a bunch of great balls, and then the minute I can get ultra balls, I'll buy them because I usually just use them for ones that I don't want to. I'm not going to use that Pokemon because I don't like great balls or ultra balls looks that much. I would much rather catch them in Premier or Luxury balls. Well, and, and the thing is, like, great balls are like arguably the least desirable of any kind of ball because. You either want to use a regular Pokeball because that's your cheap, you know, I'm just trying to catch something low level. I know I'm not going to have a problem doing it ball. Or you want to use the best ball you can possibly get. Right. Great Ball is neither of those. <laughs> it's the, it's it's the not, mid version, lux, it's not luxury model, but it's better than your basic. It's like that yeah, mid range. But, but that's the, it's, it's the same thing with cars. You're yeah. either buying a $10,000 Toyota Civic or whatever, I don't know, whatever, Honda Civic. Honda Civic. <laughs> or you're buying a $120,000 Panaz. You know, there's nobody wants to get the $30,000 mid-range sedan. That's no status in that. <laughs> it's not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's right. It's not wrong. That was a good and that's why they need to introduce the ability to change Pokeballs. They because really if I accidentally do. catch something in a great ball, I do want to give it the opportunity to live in a better ball at some point in time in its life. I mean, I would really like the ability to swap my starters into different balls. Like some of them I want to carry on my team and I want them in the lap of luxury. And I'm not allowed to do that because the <laughs> professor that gave it to me was like working on a university's salary, which is like a buck fifty, and it's like, well, here's some basic balls. Go out there and do my work for me. I'm on sabbatical. Lazy tenured Pokemon professors. <laughs> uh, then you I mean, get he's not wrong. Pink Ink and Chaos for sending in your question. Uh, the the questions of the week always come from our addict channel in Slack, which uh, is one of our Patreon rewards. Uh, and now well, I get to be in there, too. You're in. You're in now. All right. Well, Pokemon of the week. Oh, you really killed me on this one this week. I don't even know if I'm describing Pokemon or Madoka characters at this point in time. <laughs> <laughs> Who even knows? <laughs> the world has fallen into chaos. Oh... Wait, I can't find the Pokemon I wanted to do. Oh, no. It's got to be here. There it is. Who's that Pokemon? This flying-type Pokemon has wings and a green shiny. While it does not have a unique type combination, it is closely related to another Pokemon that does have a unique type combination. This Pokemon's typing does give an advantage over its thematic cousin. It can only reach its final form when leveled up with high friendship. I would suspect Gladion keeps this Pokemon in mind when coming up with team-building strategies. All of this Pokemon's possible abilities originated in the Sinnoh region. Unaware, Klutz, and Simple. You may suspect that these abilities are derived from the fact that this Pokemon either has no eyes or, at the least, keeps its eyes closed all, at all times. In Pokemon X and Y, you can find this Pokemon in Reflection Cave and Glittering Cave, but you cannot find it in Connecting Cave. Strangely enough, you cannot find this Pokemon in Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire at all. 
I said strangely enough twice in this. Dag nabbit. Strangely enough, this Pokemon will take normal damage from bug-type moves, even though you would think it spends most of its time eating bugs. Who's that Pokemon? Uh, I think I know. I think I'm in the right. I think I'm in the right area. Maybe. I like the sounds of pain coming from you. <laughs> I think that's like a trick question because I think it's Zubat, but I think you've worded it in a way to make me think it's Zubat. What What do you think, Greg? I think it's Woobat. Greg is a better listener and is <laughs> correct. Da 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 da. Yes, it's not Woobat. in Connecting Cave, is it? I thought that was only Woobat like... is not in Connecting Cave. That's what I said. It's in Reflection Cave and Glittering Cave, but it is not in Connecting Cave. Zubat is in Connecting is Cave. Is it? I thought the yeah. Connecting Cave was just like Whismur and something else. Ah, Zubat. Zubat. That's what threw me off. I thought Zubat was not in that cave. I like throwing you off. Uh, okay, Woobat, Pokemon of the Week. The bat Pokemon. It evolves to Subat with high friendship. Who would have guessed? Some trivia here. Uh, Woobat was first seen on concept art from Best Wishes series along with Servine, Dewat, and Axew. Carl. Everyone remembers Carl. Oh, good old Carl. In the 13th movie wears a baseball cap with a Woobat on it. What movie's the 13th movie? Oh, Zorark. Uh, Oh, that is a pretty sweet ball cap, though. I'm looking oh, at yeah, Carl yeah. right now. Yeah, I know who old, Carl is. Good old Carl. Good old Carl. Wait, who's Carl? The no one memorable. <laughs> Woobat's evolutionary line seems to have a connection with the Zubat's family. All members are both bat Pokemon, except for Swoobat. They live in dark caves or other dark places. They have no visible eyes. Uh, and their respective unevolved at their respective unevolved states furthermore members of both lines reach respectful fully evolved forms by friendship both have similar shinies with green main bodies also wubat and zubat somewhat similarly have english names both rhyming rhyming with the prefixes and with the bat as the suffix wubat shares its category with zubat golbat and crobat they're all known as the bat pokemon and wubat is the only Unevolved Pokemon that receives an increase to all baits base stats in Generation 7. Hmm. Real sweet shuffle icon. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Better than the Troze. It has a green shiny. Yeah, the Troze one seems a little weird. I don't know why it's better, it just is. (laughs) I think it's the (laughs) shading. Yeah, the spacing seems better for some reason. I don't know. I really hope with, um... Let's go and just future games on Switch. If you look at like I've noticed this with a lot of shinies. Um if you look at the shiny Woobat in black and white and black and white too, and then you look at the X and Y and Sun and Moon, obviously the big thing you'll notice is the switch from sprite to 3D model. But all the 3D models don't look as vibrant ever. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. They're just washed out. And you would think that there would be more colors on the 3DS. I would assume the 3DS has more of a color gamut. I don't know. More than this. No, the Switch has a wider color 
range. Well, I thought the not th- 3DS. The 3DS would have a wider color range over the DS, right? You would think. You would oh, think. oh, yes, yeah. yes, okay, yes. I don't but, know. I'm not a programmer. <laughs> I don't. Know. I don't build 3DSs in my spare time. What do I know? Not with that attitude. <laughs> yep, that attitude says somebody else can do it. <laughs> Uh, well that is our episode for the week Uh, next week I will be out of town I will be at TwitchCon so if you're in the San Jose area you want to say hello please is that San Jose California yes do you know the way to San Jose Mm, 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 mm. because I I mean there's a San Jose in Chile I I believe oh okay so I just don't want people to get confused and head down to Chile sure Uh, yeah I'll be in the San Jose area uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, if uh, you are also going to TwitchCon or just in San Jose. I will be pretty accessible outside it as well. That being said, because I am out of town, we are recording an episode early. So if there is any breaking news, bum, bum, bum. keep in mind that the episode will probably be recorded on Wednesday. Everything will be edited. It will be scheduled for Monday. So you will get your normal Monday episode. Um it might be a little bit shorter than the 90-minute episodes we're giving you, but hey, take what you can get. Uh, we say that, and that's never true. We, uh, Yeah, I know. We <laughs> Very important not to miss a Monday. So uh, thank you to everyone who has reviewed us in iTunes. I think we're only 25 reviews away from 1,000, rev- which is mind-blowing, really, 1,000 reviews in Apple Podcasts slash iTunes. So if you have not done so... Uh, the goal was trying to get to a thousand reviews before. Oh my! Woo, we are at nine eighty. We are twenty away from a thousand. If you want to help, nice. Uh, leave a review in Apple Podcast or in iTunes, whichever. I mean, iTunes on desktop, Apple Podcast probably on your iPad or your iPhone or your iPod. I don't think people use iPod touches anymore, but I'm sure there are probably Somebody like. Does. Five listeners that are very happily listening to this on your iPod Touch. So when you get your iPod Touch connected to internet once again, go into the iTunes store and leave us a review. Again, we are 20 away from 1,000. That'd be really exciting if we can hit 1,000 before before uh, Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee comes out. This has been our episode, though. We will be back next week. Will is at Wash in the Sink. Greg is at White Wing. I am at Dragging the Lake. Follow the podcast. No, you're on- not. You're at Dragging a Lake. Oh, yeah. Dragging a Lake. <laughs> I don't even know my own Twitter. Uh, I've been doing this show too long. I'm losing my mind. You follow the podcast at Pokemon Podcast on Twitter. Uh, and if for whatever reason you want to see how well Irene and I know each other, we will be doing a charity event on Saturday, October 27th on the main stage at TwitchCon. Uh, we will be playing the Newlyweds game. Uh, and I think I know Irene very well. I think she does not know me very well. No, she does know me very well, but I think she is too indecisive to commit to a solid answer. Um, Matt, I agree with that, you 100%. Yeah, that will, that's, yep. So I think I will be able to answer all of the newlyweds game. They ask you like a question about the person and then they're both supposed to write down the same answer, right? <laughs> so if if we win our charity, which we are re- representing Extra Life, 
Um, Irene and I are representing Extra Life, so if we win, Extra Life gets more money for charity. So if you want, if you're interested in that, uh, the Twitter is probably the best place to know when that goes live. Um, and if you wanted to watch on Saturday, just a charity thing. So hopefully uh, we win. Also, I'm sure it's, I mean, it's the newlywed game. I'm sure it'll be a complete disaster. Um, but yeah, that's been our episode. Otherwise, this has been another episode of the Pokemon podcast. And we are super effective. Super Masuda method. Big shout out to the producers of this show, starting with Kevin, Cygnus, Ivan, Jeff, Pat Matrick, Robert, and Alex. Thank you so much for your support and supporting. It's super effective. If you would also like to support It's Super Effective, you can head over to patreon.com slash it's super effective, or even easier, isc.cash. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week.